This is a podcast from Delancey Eden Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Eden Church building at Le Banks, St. Samson, in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. What was the greatest commandment that Jesus said we should have? Yes, that's why I thought Pastor Paul had read my notes. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second one is love your neighbour as yourself. Now, perhaps you know, or maybe you don't know, that in, in the spring of this year, I was absolutely bombarded with Jacob every time I picked my Bible up every time I read something it was about Jacob and I spoke at Eldad, I spoke at Vazor and I had a five minute thing I spoke at a prayer meeting here and it was all different aspects of Jacob now you'll be pleased to know I've progressed (laughs) I've got as far as his 11th son who is Joseph, that's right yeah, Joseph I'd like to bring you a few thoughts on Joseph today. I'd like to bring you a few thoughts on a pit, slavery and prison. It's all good news, isn't it? (laughs) Genesis chapter 37, we'll just read uh, a few verses here. Verse 2, Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about his brothers then. Now Israel, that's Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of the other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. I'll I'll leave it there because of time, but he then goes to relate to his brothers about the fact that he'd seen 11 sheaves in the field and they bowed down to him then he had another dream and he dreamt that the stars the sun and the moon and the stars were all going to bow down to him and you can read that right through chapter 37 and so on when you get home and um, he was probably they reckon about 17 and I wonder, sort of in years to come, when, when he sort of got through all that and, 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 and then he became Prime Minister of Egypt, if he thought of that time, I wonder how embarrassed he must have felt. Have you ever felt embarrassed about anything? Perhaps I could bring a mic around and ask him to wear this one. You know, the, the other day I had to take Destiny to uh, St. Samson's Hybris, who was doing some sport, and I only just got back home. And the phone went, and it was Destiny. She said, I forgot my bathing costume. All right, I said to Sue, I said, I'll take it on my bike. So I got my bike out of the shed. It was just lawn there. It was, the lawn was wet with the dew. I got on my bike, and I put my foot on it. I slipped. And in slow motion, I went sideways over the crossbar. And I, I thought, how ridiculous. I could see myself going. I could do nothing about it. 
I slipped down the shed, <laughs> and the first thing I did was look at the kitchen window to see if Sue was looking at me. <laughs> I just felt such a plonker. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> Now, I don't know if Joseph felt embarrassed about what he told his, his brothers and so on. I just want to say this. Have you ever been hurt by people you love? Have you ever been set up falsely accused and unjustly punished? Have you ever done your best, been promised a reward and then seemingly been forgotten? Have you ever been tempted to use your abilities and whatever power you have to get even with those who had hurt you and to make them really suffer? If so... The stories related to Joseph have something to say to us today. Because of his dreams and the fact that his father had presented him with this fancy coat, this coat of many colours as we read, he was his father's favourite son. Have you noticed in those days that they seem to have fathers, that they seem to have favourites? If you go back a generation, um, Jacob's mother and father was Isaac and Rebekah. Isaac's favourite son was Esau. Rebecca's favourite son was Jacob. Now Jacob has a favourite son, Joseph. Now we had four boys. We tried to treat them equally. We tried not that to show favouritism to any one of them. Perhaps that happens in families. I don't know, but uh, we always try to, to treat everything, everybody equal, don't we? This coat also would have signified that when their father died, Joseph would have possibly inherited a double portion instead of the eldest son always had that perk. When the eldest son died, usually he had a double portion to what everybody else had. And uh, it seemed to signify that because he was a favourite, although he's the 11th one, Joseph was likely to get the double portion. He didn't seem as if he was going to do any manual work either while he was wearing this richly ornamented coat, as it says in NIV. Anyway, his father sent the, the, the flocks and the, and the brothers up 70 miles away, actually, to Dothan. It must have been a dry year. They were looking for, for food and that for the flocks. And so he wanted Joseph to go and see. He didn't send Joseph. He wanted Joseph to go and see how they were doing. And, of course... When they got there, when he got there, they said, here he is. And he really got up their nose with dreams and, and his fancy coat. And he said, let's kill him. So they took his coat off of him and they stuck him in a pit, or NIV says a cistern, and they went and had their lunch. You can read that, chapter 37, verse 24. Um, if I can find it. And they took him and threw him into this cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. And as they sat down to eat their meat, they looked up and they saw a, a, a caravan of, of traders coming along. The desire of his brothers was to get rid of him. That was understandable, really. I mean, Joseph had behaved like a spoiled brat, which of course he was. He was clearly Jacob's favourite. One commentator says Joseph had been a telltale, always telling on his older brothers. He had been an arrogant show-off, telling about his dreams of his brothers having to bow before him. That his brothers would want to be rid of this obnoxious younger brother was understandable. Of course, that did not excuse their attempt to kill him, or didn't excuse, finally, the attempt to get him into slavery. So because of this, we find him in a pit. Now, a definition of a pit, I've just got a few definitions here, is the very bottom of something. 
Now maybe if you're in a pit, you may feel as if you're in the very bottom of something. Um, secondly, it can be an extremely untidy or dirty place. Thirdly, it can be, uh, one of the definitions I had was the same as hell. Fourthly, the worst of most unpleasant things a personal place is as possible to find. And fifthly, to put somebody or something in a deep hole. So he needed to be rescued. He found himself in a pit and he needed to be rescued. Can you say rescued? Rescued. That's great. You're great today. You're good for my nerves actually. It was obviously a place that he couldn't get out of by himself unaided. So... When, the tra- when they saw the traders coming along, they lifted him out of this pit and they sold him to these traders. <clears throat> I wonder what we have been rescued from. We were once in sin, but Jesus lifted us out of the pit we were in when we looked at him and asked him to. I noticed that it wasn't necessarily Joseph's fault, fault that he found himself in a pit. And it's not necessarily our faults that we were in sin because that's the way it is because in Romans 3 9 says Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin as it is written there is no one righteous not even one and Romans 3 23 is a verse probably a lot of us know all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God we were spiritually dead we invited Jesus into our lives and he lifted us up out of that miry clay and put our feet on solid ground. Psalm 40 verse 2 says he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Psalm 103 verse 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who redeems you, your life from the pit. I'm sure while there, while there, he must have cried out to God. It doesn't say he did. But Jacob seems to have instilled in him such a, um, a, a godly belief, a belief in God. Jacob had his problems, but when he came to the point where he wrestled with God, God changed his life around so dramatically. And I'm sure he instilled in Joseph... All those times when his brothers were feeding the flock and out in the fields, he must have been there instilling Joseph his, his, his Christian, well, his Christian, but his godly beliefs. Corinthians 1.13 For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Isn't it tremendous what the Lord has done for you and me? So his brothers then sent him into, in, into to some um, Midianites who according to some commentators sold him on to some Ishmaelites who sold him on to Potiphar. Some people say the Ishmaelites and the Midianites were the same. Some people they were different. I don't know. I was listening to a story the other day uh, while I was doing some gardening on the radio and they were saying this lady, her, her father served in, on a submarine in the war and when they decommissioned the submarine he bought the bell and this huge great bell and they hung it on their front door they live in Hailing Island well his father's, her father's died now but her mother still lives there she lives in Scotland she came down earlier this year to, to Hailing Island and they said oh mum your, your bell the bell on the door is missing and she hadn't realised so they phoned the police and they contacted they started contacting different um, auction houses and places like that 
And after quite some searching of two, three months, <coughs> they, they found a guy in Dart, Dartford uh, who had that day sold it on the internet to somebody in America. And they traced it all the way back and, and they found that um, a, a small time groggy thief pinched the bell so he could sell it. He sold it to an auctioneer um, or an antique dealer, I think it was, first of all, for 40 quid. This one sold it to somebody else for 120 pounds. The next one sold it to somebody else for 2,700 pounds. That's good, isn't it? And, <laughs> and this guy had just sold it on the internet to somebody in America for 4,000 pounds. I don't know if they made profit, these Ishmaelites and Midianites and then to Potiphar, how much they sold him for. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. They sold Joseph originally for 20 pieces of silver. I notice here that he was sent seemingly away from his dream. He had these dreams, but he was being sent into Egypt and he was walking away from his dream. He was walking in the wrong direction. Have you ever noticed that when God gives you a promise and you've been given it by him, what was starting to seem, it starts to seem more and more improbable because things happen and it seems to get weird. It seems to just, just you're drifting away from what God had promised you. So he found himself in slavery. Slavery, a different dif, de, definition of slavery. So I'll get the word out in a minute. Bondage. Well, he was in bondage. The state or condition of being held in an involuntary servitude as the property of somebody else. Yes, he was in slavery. So, he found himself in slavery. He needed deliverance. Can you say deliverance? deliverance. You're good, aren't you? <laughs> John 8:34. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So the son sets you free. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. 2 Peter 2.19 For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. Romans 6.6 That we should no longer be slaves to sin. He seemed to get well, get on well in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was next, uh, was, was the chief captain of the guard to Potiphar, uh, to, to, to Pharaoh, rather. And he seemed to get well in Potiphar's house. Potiphar seemed to have a big house and he had fields and land. Um, to the point that by his early twenties, he was in charge of this very important man's house. You can read that in chapter 39, verses 1 onwards. Just... Um, let's try and pick it up somewhere along so Potiphar left Joseph verse 6 in care of everything he had with Joseph in charge he did not concern himself this is Potiphar with anything except the food that he ate now Joseph was well built and handsome not like me I know you're looking at me but not like me (laughs) and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said come to bed with me but he refused With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns has been entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, 
but you are his wife. How then could I do a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her. In the end, Potiphar's wife, out of frustration for Joseph's non-compliance to her advances, she falsely accuses him and gets him thrown into prison. Her advances went against his ethical, moral and religious principles. No doubt, all these things that were taught by his father Jacob. I wonder what kind of bondage we've got ourselves into. Yes, we've got our ticket to heaven. Yes, we are Christians. But sometimes we get stuck in habits that just don't, we just don't seem to be able to break. It may be that we're workaholics or TV addicts or computer games um, boffins or a sport of something else that, that takes up all our time. Whatever it is, it can be a bondage or it can be an obsession. Something we are bound to which prevents us being totally free in our relationship with God. So much so that it inhibits the habit of daily prayer and Bible reading. Something or another gets in the way of this regular walk and talk with God. There might be something that we are in bondage to or slavery to and we need to be free from. It could be a thought process that enslaves us. Um, as you know I counsel people and, and to find that some people are just enslaved by the, their own thinking and their own minds Psalm 34 verse 4 says I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me out of all my fears and it says in Psalm 3 verse 8 this is a terrific verse if you're stuck in something that from the Lord comes deliverance that's right isn't it Jesus says John 10 10 I have come that they might have life and that they might have it to the full. So because of these accusations by Potiphar's wife, he ends up in prison, a place, a condition of captivity of, or unwanted restraint. That's the first definition. second definition can be a detention centre, or a place in which people are physically confined and usually deprived of a range of personal freedoms. So he needed his freedom. Can you say freedom? Freedom. How much worse can it get? Where's his dream now? We are Christians. Very often, as I've observed, being the age I am now, over years, (laughs) the majority of folk go through life well. But sometime or another, something happens that starts to bind them up. Some problem occurs, might be a health problem, it might be a domestic problem, it might be a financial problem, it might be a relational problem. Yes, we've got over those habits that bound us, we've dealt with those years ago, but now something big is eating us up. We're not getting the victory where we feel we should be. Just like Job, he lost his family and he lost his flocks and his herds. Everything seems to be going wrong. We get up in the morning, we daily give ourselves to God, we put on the armour of God every morning and yet nothing seems to happen. We're still stuck in this prison house. The vision we had for where we felt God wanted to take us, the prophecies that were given to us, the dreams we once had are not being fulfilled. We're reading our Bible every day, we're seeking God every day and yet nothing happens. We're still stuck in this jail. 
I can identify with that after God used us mightily when we were younger for quite a few years he then put us on one side for several what seemed long years yes we did have some blessings yes freedoms just like Joseph when he was in prison if you you look at uh, chapter 39 while Joseph was in prison the Lord was with him he showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden so the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there the warder paid no attention to anything under Joseph, Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So he was stuck in prison, he couldn't get out of prison, but God was blessing him there. But he was still in prison. And, you know, some of us have, have been there, we, we've, we've, it seems as if God's put us on one side. Yes, God blesses us while we're there, but we're not having the promises or the prophecies that God fulfilled over our uh, uh, place over our lives being fulfilled there is a time for everything to come to its end so you're stuck in prison the butler and the baker come to him with their dreams he interprets their dreams those come to pass then Pharaoh has a dream chapter 41 verse 1 when two full years had passed after he'd given the butler's dream Pharaoh had a dream there comes a time that there is end two full years passed but it ended Pharaoh has a dream he, Joseph is brought as to be found the only one who can interpret the dream he gives the dream uh, the interpretation of the dream as given by God to him and, and the whole of life changes for him Joseph could have fallen into self-pity he could have become resentful he could have become bitter angry at life and cynical some people, let's face it, in that situation have done just that but he didn't Joseph had a different perspective on life he lived by faith that is to say he trusted God was not only involved in life in general but was involved in his life in particular he trusted that God could and would use him he assumed his life had purpose a purpose that even bad things happening to him could not destroy those bad things might limit the situation in which he served but he did not limit but it did not limit the meaning of his service or the significance of his living in the sight of God we can learn a lot from Joseph especially when the bad times come the times when life is unfair the times when we're tempted to become bitter or to hunger for revenge or to wallow in self-pity when Jesus was on the cross people could have asked where's your God and Father now? in fact they did Joseph stood firm for the realisation of his dream and for his freedom from prison that which was intended to stop God's plan actually worked to the good the very things that intended harm God intended and shaped for good when Jacob had died Joseph's brothers came to him and they were worried because they thought ah he's going to get his revenge on us now but chapter 50 verse 19 says Joseph said to them don't be afraid you intended to harm me but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives because they had that seven years of plenty and then they had the seven years of drought and, and, and famine and it saved many people's lives because they were able to store the food for those, those lean years 
God's ways seem at times to contradict his promises, don't they? But Psalm 146 verse 7 says, The Lord sets the prisoner free. John 8.36 So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Right, let's wind this up. This whole story is a story of dreams. Joseph, butler, baker, pharaoh. He learnt that the interpretation of dreams belonged to God. Chapter 40, verse 8 of Genesis. Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Do you ever dream big dreams? I know we talked about this back along in Connect Group a couple of months ago. Joseph's dreams initially led him to his downfall. Pharaoh's dreams led Joseph to his restoration. Isn't that great? Did you ever dream big dreams, but God hasn't yet brought them the fulfilment about? Do you know, I, I can remember when they were building Beaux-Jour. I, I, I could imagine our church being so full that we'd have to go to the theatre. And then that being so full that we'd have to go to Sir John Lobbridge Hall. I dreamt big dreams. And, but I, I pray that, and I'm still dreaming dreams, that God will, will bless us as a church that God will anoint us as a church. I believe it is coming. We're expecting it. From January this year, we've been having words to say that we're expecting God to bless. We're expecting God to move. We're dreaming big dreams. And I trust that together we will dream big dreams. Did you ever dream big dreams, but God hasn't fulfilled them yet? Joseph held on for 13 years to his God-given dreams before he sees the answer. Pit slavery, prison, all setbacks in the outworking of God's plan. And yet, what happened? There came so much grain in the abundance that it was immeasurable. Genesis 41.9, Joseph stored up huge amounts of grain like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Tremendous, isn't it? I've asked if we could repeat the words, rescue deliverance, freedom maybe sometime, some today need to be saved rescued from the pit you have never invited Jesus the saviour into your life maybe some of us today need to be delivered from habits which are hindering our walk with God maybe some today need to be set free from a prison house that they find themselves in Nicole Father God, I thank you for your word to us today. Lord, we've all been in, in those places and we can experience those different things. Maybe the pit, maybe slavery, maybe prison. But God, we thank you that you do come and rescue us, that you do deliver us, and that you do bring freedom into our lives. And Lord, today again, we just want to come before you and recognize that, Lord. We want to be able to dream big dreams. And Lord, many of us may be holding on to those dreams and waiting, but God, I thank you that that life of Joseph just encourages us to hold in there and to see that, Lord God, things can be turned around for good. Things can be turned around for your purposes in our lives. And we thank you for that, Lord. May we go away today knowing that you are a great big God and that you are in control of all things, Lord. And we thank you for that. Lord, I thank you that you are our rescuer, our deliverer. Lord, I thank you that you bring freedom 
to each and every one of us. And Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your word today. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Delancey Edom Church. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.